1: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. If you're hearing my voice for the first time, I really applaud you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're here for Mark Shepard and you're a big fan, maybe just maybe you'll listen and you'll go, hey, you know what? I kind of like this guy and uh, it was a good interview and I'm going to give him another chance. That's what we hope, Ryan. We hope that we get a second chance and people subscribe and that they can easily subscribe. Um, We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on YouTube, we're on all these things. We're everywhere we're omnipresent um, um ubiquitous even ubiquitous i like that word it's, it's good a good word, word. um in our our handles follow us at inside of you podcast on instagram and facebook at inside you pod on the twitter you know uh we're growing i think people are starting to realize that we're not just talking actors talking about junk we're talking about real stuff sometimes mental health we get deep we get uh i just hope you'll listen Next week, instead of if you're just here for Mark Shepard, maybe uh, you'll you'll stick around. Also, want to tell you that Patreon it uh, really helps the show out. So join Patreon. Um, it's it's a place where people congregate where they online they uh, a lot of people become friends, establish relationships. They also get uh, little perks. There's different tiers. Uh, there's the top tier, which you get your name yelled at on the podcast at the end. And I also send you a box of merch every couple of months with a little letter. So there's lots of cool stuff. So join Patreon if you want to give back to the show. And uh, that's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash inside of you, right? Yes. Patreon dot com slash inside of you. Yeah, that's right. I'm also, uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful, uh, on Shopify, who's also a sponsor, we have the Inside of You online store and you can get uh, tons of merch Smallville merch Smallville script signed uh, Smallville lunchbox signed you can get inside of you tumblers and coffee mugs and tons of great stuff and also sunspin.com that's my band you can get uh, you can book the band on a Zoom Uh, I'm also on Cameo but you can get cool merch at sunspin.com you know uh, Stephen Amell wears sunspin hats I've heard of him I've heard of him Arrow the guy from Arrow what's he like a great guy he's been on the podcast like what four times has he I think so. Also, I'm going to be Fan Expo in St. Louis, May 13th weekend. Friday night, we're doing a Smallville Nights with Tom Welling. Me and Tom doing a two-man show at Fan Expo St. Louis, May 13th, that weekend. Whatever that Friday is, figure it out. Um, Also, May 21st, that weekend or whatever that is, we'll be in Liverpool at a con. So hopefully you join us there. And, of course, June 10th, Metropolis, Illinois, That's going to be a sold-out show as well. Uh, June 17th, uh, for two weeks, I'll be in Australia, Perth, and Sydney. Get down there. Go down under. We'll we'll hang out, mate. Oh. Was that terrible? Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) I like Jennifer Lopez.
0: (laughs) That's the the best way I can get into the Australian accent.
1: I just use the cities. I say Perth, Adelaide, Sydney. Adelaide. Melbourne. 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 Melbourne's a good one. Yeah. Um, Brisbane. Gold Coast. Brisbane. Brisbane yeah anyway you're mm. bored you're bored let's mm. just get into it new south wales uh this guy is <laughs> new south wales i love this guy mark shepherd he's been on the podcast before a long time ago uh in the name of the father uh you know supernatural he's, he's just done so much work i don't need to get into it he's a really great listen he is another uh individual who opens up and i i thank you mark For coming on the podcast again it was a real pleasure i enjoyed having you in studio no zoom we're doing a lot of in studios now so without further ado let's get inside of mark Shepard. it's my point of view you're listening to inside of you with michael rosenbaum inside of you with michael rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience Do you do a lot of voiceovers? Some. I've got a,
2: I spent years languishing in in sort of voiceover hell. My father was known for having the same voice as me, but an octave lower. Even lower? Yeah. So he was, uh, he did hundreds of games and all sorts of fun stuff. But uh, so I was always the kid. And so I I finally switched voiceover agents, like uh, middle of the pandemic. And I started doing things like Call of Duty and. Really, you got oh, to do yeah. fun shit like that. I got to play like a two hundred and eighty pound Irish specialist in the last. Release. Irish?
1: Yeah. So you had to do an Irish accent.
2: Oh yeah, my family's mostly Irish.
1: But you don't speak in it with an Irish di- like uh, what's it called? The Irish? Uh, really? You done your I research know. now. I, 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 well, you don't sound really Irish. Well, not not naturally, but I. Well, I had, that's what I'm saying. Naturally, had a
2: thick Dublin accent in the 80s because I was in a big Irish band. Back so you day. could just jump into it. Well, jumping into it is weird. Like the first film I ever did was a film called In the Name of the Father. One
1: of my favorite movies. Right, and that's a thick Belfast. Thing. Remember when I pissed on your Giuseppe name? Your poor Giuseppe there name and go. I pissed on it. The that's bad. when I knew I was bad, Dad. On the medal, Right. On the medal. That's
2: right. That's actually a true story, which is kind of brilliant. Um, a lot of things about that
1: film are, are just extraordinary. I have to watch it again because I've seen it many years ago, but you have a decent little part in that? one of the leads. Yeah, you're one of the leads, uh, dude. You have to watch the name. I haven't watched it since I was in college. So that's me, why I didn't remember. It's,
2: I'm one of the Guildford Four. I played Paddy Armstrong. That's me, dude. That's me in the Afghan coat when they come to London.
1: And uh, dude, that's the first person. I sound like an idiot, arrested. dude. No, that's right. Uh, Ryan, yeah, have you ever seen In the Name of the Father? No. Daniel Day Lewis. No. I urge all of you. You know that I, I, I. When I don't like something, I tell you. When I like something, I tell you. In the Name of the Father is one of the great movies, a great movie, great cast. True story. True story, based on a true story, yeah. And uh, I know the man that I played, which
2: was fascinating to me. And unlike any other role that I kind of ever usually have or I'm thought of for, I played a man with no actions. He's literally, uh, Dave Lewis's character playing Jerry Conlon, like asked me a question in the squat. He's like, you coming. You know, this is happening. You're coming. I'm like, I don't know it's like he's he was literally a person who was steamrolled by an entire system uh, without going on for hours well but, no, i know I that i'm interested without, though i without, am like, without going on for hours yeah. the bottom line was uh, uh, at the time in 1974 um, uh, 21 people were were killed in ira bomb explosion in birmingham and you know this was the largest fatality since the blitz uh, and then in Guildford, uh, uh, pubs were targeted that were uh, British soldier pubs, squaddies pubs, and seven people were killed in the Guildford bombing. So the entire country was baying for blood. Uh, this hadn't happened. And this was under the edict that the, the IRA, I think, basically had said, one bomb on the mainland is worth 100 in Ulster. So if you take the fight to England, you cause... Attention, whereas there was very little attention being paid to what was actually going on in Northern Ireland at the time. And so these people got caught up, the Guildford Four and their associated families were we'll called the Maguire Seven and a lot of other people. Um, Let's just put it this way. Um, at the end of the 70s, I think they had to let out 70 Irish people f- from prison who had been convicted wrongfully. Wow. So you, it's it was part of that era of british and irish politics which is very very important and and my favorite thing about it whatever your position is whatever your your, your belief system is or whatever your politics are is irrelevant the bottom line these were people that were caught up in a mass uh hysteria moment that had never happened before in england certainly hadn't hadn't happened since the war and two things one it was the biggest grossing film in ireland it beat jurassic park as the biggest grossing film in ireland which is wonderful uh and 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 secondly it's just one of the pieces of the jigsaw that makes it harder to convict people of a crime they didn't commit um the people that did it admitted to doing it which is something they weren't doing at the time they were usually saying chucky Allah, which means our day will come in gaelic and not referencing their court case at all even right. in, even in the dock they were just like we don't care but they went out of their way to say we did this you've got the wrong people for this and nobody cared and what was really funny was the British the British people. Jerry Conlon said to me once, he said... Uh, um, the real Jerry. The, yeah, the real Jerry said to me. He said, uh, he said, it was the British people that got us out. It wasn't the Irish people that got us out. It was the British people that had enough at this point. Wow. It was a wonderful British lawyer called Gareth Pierce, a woman called Gareth Pierce, who risked everything and and managed to... And well, it, don't give away the... No no, no, no. No, no. Risked everything and managed to, to get a look at something that nobody wanted to look at. Right. That's the way it's about. It's about human beings. It's about... The product of struggle, the product Uh, of sedition, the product of stuff. And it's just, and I think it's really interesting with films like Belfast Out and stuff like this that's going on. I think it's really, really difficult to tell an objective view of any part of quote, unquote, the troubles in the North unless you find a a small piece of it and tell that small piece because it's such an endemic thing. It's such a, a socially polarizing and governmentally polarizing and policy polarizing and, and hundreds of years of sedition and all the rest of this stuff that's going on and gangsterism and all the rest of the crap that's gone on over the years. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't think it's crap, but I'm just saying, right. Uh, just to, to be quick, to be brief is to say that I think the greatest stories told up there are told in music, told in art, told in graffiti, told in, so, you know, as in song, as in, plays, there are, there are fragments and moments that allow you to piece together how these things could have happened Right. and why this area foments certain behaviors and certain things. The Shankill butchers, you know, all these inc- incredible stories that don't... I mean, they exist in other formats in other countries and in other political situations, but not quite like this. And the wit and the humor... I was talking to Billy Connolly about this years ago. The wit and the humor... And the music and the art is beautiful in the midst of somewhat chaos, what other people view as chaos. But the daily life in Belfast in the 80s is very, very different than anything we've, we've ever experienced, let's put it in that right. way. And I used to play in a band in Ireland that was very big and very political and was actually sanctioned under Section 31 of the Broadcasting Act in Ireland several times, et cetera, et cetera. I opened the Joshua Tree tour with you too. A croaked Wow. A very, very political band and used to play with a particular flag, uh, a ploughing stars from John B. K., the Workers' flag of Ireland this is the fast way of doing it. I could do this for days. We could have seven days of talking about this. Yeah, and yeah. I, mean, I still, you would see the limitations of my knowledge and understanding.
1: You, you, you've
2: said it. things that I have
1: no idea about. But it, it, you know, I mean, everybody has a. It, there's, there's been it's, a lot of. It's the history there. There's
2: been a lot of reasons to keep a romantic view of it, as it's not romantic at all. But to actually investigate it and see it. You, yes, you investigate it and see it and there's a brutality and a sadness and a, but there's a beauty and a humor. I can't tell you how dark and beautiful the humor is. Um, I'll tell you a Connolly story one day. Yeah. You, we, 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 we always used to stay in one of two hotels, which is the Europa or the Wellington Park in Belfast. And they've got, you know, 20 feet of chain-link fence going upwards outside and barbed wire. The most bombed hotel in Europe is in belfast and it's the culture isn't driven by that the culture is driven by the opposite of that the culture is driven by the want to survive the want to the want to succeed and and to be in ireland and southern ireland to be part of um it's escapism well, to be, but to be in Ireland and see us as like a, almost a third world country for so long with lack of investment, lack of funding, lack of anything, and then suddenly the 80s hits and we, we beat England at football. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pair of boxer shorts with the score on it from that day. I, I think you could have robbed any house in Ireland on that day. <laughs> you know, Jack Charlton, who was English, took Ireland to the World Cup. I mean, this is a bunch of part-timers who were playing right i mean and that was kind of the beginning you two got signed we got signed did you ever meet many times he did the music for in the name of the father there's a really funny thing jesus we could talk about In the name of the fa- father for an hour but we were in we were in um uh, we we're at the savoy cinema and in the middle of dublin uh, where my dad used to go to the cinema as a kid in tuxedos and you know we're showing showing in the name of the father in ireland for the first time and everybody is there and Bono's called down from the stage and he's in the middle of the Europa tour, Europa tour, right? And I come down the stage and he goes, I know you. I said, yeah, I played Paddy in the film. And he's like, he's like, no, you are. So he goes, I know you. I said, yeah, I, said, I used to be the drummer in Light of Big Fire. He said, well, yeah. I said, once upon a time, I opened for you. Now you're opening for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love it. I mean, you know, but. That's awesome. But though. to be in a country that cha- at the time that changes yeah. so much and it's about youth and it's about, it was a good time. It's incredible. The eighties were incredible. And we never, I don't know if we, we truly believed there would be any version of peace or any version of, of, of change in our time, but we could feel something fomenting and changing. Yeah. And, uh, it took an awful lot of people, an awful lot of work to even get to this point. Yeah, it's, it's just magical. And so I think the stories about the North, the greatest stories about the North are these little stories about people, not about the politics necessarily. And, and they shine a light on the antidote right. to the suffering and the difficulty and, 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 and just the, some of the mayhem.
1: Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker. Qualia Cineletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences mm-hmm. in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly, and and you know, and and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even they weren't even a sponsor <laughs> when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Cineletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than ten years ago. And they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic.
0: As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body.
1: Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello.
0: Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells.
1: Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a of plant, qualia senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO,
0: vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect
1: of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. uh, I feel uh, more focused. um, Younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code INSIDE at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor Meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. mm mm-hmm. um, Look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And you know, Factor meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, it's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious great tasting meals and that's what factor does. Um, I, I I just can't get over all the things they have like fillet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. it's it's perfect for my lifestyle and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen
0: time to a minimum. Factor Meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping,
1: cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like calorie smart. Protein Plus and Keto, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals, are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the you know Inside of You online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this
0: Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered.
1: Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star.
0: Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way.
1: Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside all lowercase shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash inside i noticed that you always bring up like uh you bring up your dad a lot mm-hmm. and you i look on instagram boom there's a, the pictures of your dad well last time we talked he, he, had, like, he had just he passed had just away passed and was- how, yeah how are you dealing with that now it's really weird. My dad was
2: a, he was a wonderful actor. He was a really interesting actor. Never really made it, made it, but actors knew who he was and, and just loved his work. And he was in everything for a long time. That guy. right? Oh yeah, yeah, he's in this. Oh, he's in the Prestige. Oh, he's in Needful Things. Oh, he's in, so he's in all these movies and all these games and this voice like this yeah, Morgan Shepard here. <laughs> and we weren't very close when I was a kid. And then we became very, very close when he moved over here to do Max Headroom. And we sort of fixed whatever problems that we have by working together, acting together, directing together, doing all this crazy stuff we did over the years. And and so any successful moment, any happy moment, any sad moment, I'm used to picking up the phone. He either lived downstairs from me, across the road from me, or down the road from me for the last 25 years.
1: So it's hard we lived to live on Laurel
2: Canyon together, moved right. but I'm used to picking up the phone and saying, Oh, so blah, 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 blah. And I don't have that.
1: Do you still think about it? Like I pick Always. up a phone all the time,
2: but my dad was in serious distress by the time that he passed and his passing was such a relief. I could feel it was such a relief for, for him. him. He was done at 80, you know, 86, I think. Um, that i wouldn't have wished him an extra day i wouldn't have ex- wished him an extra minute the selfish side of it of course i want him i want him around forever of course but to have to be a person who, who studied history and had stories and and pulled people together and which people just loved him um to not have that in the last 5 6 months of his life very very quickly he descended into um uh, you know, he just didn't get enough oxygen and blood to his brain. He had some, he had some issues and problems and, and they all got worse. And instead of being able to have open heart surgery, he ended up passing before that was possible. And, and that, this was like three
1: years, be, years ago, two and a half years ago,
2: two years ago, I think. Yeah. Two and a bit years ago. Um, I, it, it escapes me. It feels like yesterday. And sometimes it feels like 10 years ago, but it's not, it's not tragic. There's nothing tragic about it. And when I think of my dad, I think of really positive things. I think of fun things, I think right. of things he said, I, you know, I, I just worked with Timothy Dalton for the last couple of years. Oh, nice! I remember seeing Tim Dalton. There's a great picture of my dad and Tim Dalton. If you look it up doing the Romans at the mermaid in England, which I saw as a kid and it, it, my dad was playing Caesar. It, it, it was just like, but I, that I know him from then and I end up working with him later. And every time I see John Reese Davis, it's like, please remind your father. He's far, far older than I it would be, what he would always say. <laughs> but, um, he he was connected to so many people, but never as a as a big star. He was just somebody that people liked and did. I mean, he did Gettysburg? He did. He narrated Jesus. Gettysburg. He's the first voice in Gettysburg.
1: So you know, it's just a lot of a, those are big shoes to fill, right? right. That did, was the whole did thing. Did you was, feel like that no, when you were growing up? You didn't feel like absolutely
2: not. I refused to be an actor for that reason. Um, <laughs> but I don't act like him. We've talked together. I mean, I'm more of a. I guess a Chekhov-trained actor. And he's and He was in Peter Brook's Royal Shakespeare Company, so he did Marisol and Broadway. He did all, that, all the great stuff that ever existed. He worked with Uta Hagen. He taught at, at the Actor Studio in New York. He did all this stuff. So he's part of that era of theater. But his transition into film was a tough thing for him because he always wanted to be an American. And so when he finally got over here to do Max Hedrum, he did Max Hedrum here, and then he did Gunsmoke. He did the last- Max his, Hedrum, The Voice? No, he was uh, he was Blank Reg in Max Hedrum. Punk, really? Punk guy with the six wheel bus, the pirate uh, radio station. Yeah. So he came over to do that. He, I think he signed a Gersh and then he was in the last Gunsmoke movie. He's in so many things that are just fun. And he reinvented himself again and again. And if, what, what it was is like, you know, I, I started acting because I did this play and then it got big and stuff happened. And I remember the front page of the calendar. So I'm not an actor. I'm a musician. My dad's an actor. And I just got like. Trauma Critic Circle Award or something stupid. So I was like, <laughs> it was just one of those things where it, I didn't want the path he had because I didn't, like you, like watching the negatives of what our job is. When you see people that don't love it or yeah. struggle with it. Or start to get angry because the work isn't there, or frustrated because they're getting older or whatever, and the time is getting harder for them. And there's no, there's less and less joy involved in it. Right. And then the other side of that is watching somebody who's happy when they're working and miserable when they're not, which I hate.
1: Have you ever been that guy? Yeah, many times. My kids will tell you that. <laughs> really? Yeah, my kids will tell. How me. so? What, what? What made you miserable? Because you haven't drank in 32 years. Right, but waiting is an action that consumes all other actions.
2: <laughs> waiting, the action of yes, waiting yes. destroys and consumes anything else. Yeah. So being busy doesn't work for me. I'm too smart to con myself into the idea that I'm busy. But actually doing something and being sober is part of that, as you realize, you know, just for me in particular, if I sit still and the world revolves around me, I get into a hole and then drinking looks like up. A- does that make sense? Yeah. Because if it did for you what it does for me, you'd be doing it right now. Wow. If it did does for you, if heroin you have never alcohol heroin. butane, Zippo lighter fluid You did anything you can get your hands on. But I didn't think it was like that. But on reflection, looking back, I was trying to find something from the age of twelve that would fill that void. And then I pick a profession. Well, I was a musician, but then I picked a profession. I told you my first job, I came second. And it destroyed me. You didn't get it? It went to Tim Roth. First film. Was it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? No, pre that. It was it was Made in Britain, which was a fantastic piece. And I didn't get it. And so I got a phone call from the casting director the next year. I said, uh, so you drive, right? I'm like, no. Good. I'm glad you can drive. It was one of those calls where they were obviously in front of a bunch of producers. And they said, so we want you to go to Spain and do this movie. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm doing an album. Refused. Absolutely refused to do it. Would never step into that arena again. And that was the hit with Terrence Stamp. Tim Roth's second film. (laughs) I'm entirely responsible for Tim Ross's career. No, he's a fabulous (laughs) actor. He's a wonderful actor. And there's a reason why they were right for him and they weren't right for me. But then to do all that stuff, tour the world, do all this stuff I did, live in Ireland, blah, 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 come back to America and then do this play, Sober. And then go, wow, this is like jumping off a building and finding out you got wings. It's not like jumping off a building and hoping you don't hit the pavement. It's literally like jumping off a building and going take a breath breathe out everything you need is here and it was kind of scary and the weird thing is my drumming suffered as a result because i didn't pick up a pair of drumsticks for 20 years because my drumming was all connected to my drug use i didn't i mean i patch it and it was billy moran and um and, and mike boher and steve yeah, i love and those Rob guys go out and swing. Going, want to get up and play this song i know like, i'm good so when I got up and played, and they were like, oh, you play? I'm like, well, yeah, I've always played. I hadn't picked up a pair of drumsticks in 20 years. And then really? suddenly I'm back playing with Robin Hedgecock and doing all this stuff. I mean, it's, I'm really weird like that, my anxiety and my stress. So I picked the worst so you job got, yeah,
1: you, So you have a lot of anxiety still. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, of course I do.
1: And I've got, you know, I've got three kids. And you don't have drinking to kind of… To buffer
2: me from it. But you, you and I have sat… Recently we've sat in a bar and watched unnamed actors totally unnamed actors will never be named that you know, I wouldn't even say what
1: get smashed. We're
2: in. No, not get smashed, but getting smashed is easy, but you can, you watch them deteriorating into a place that, you, that it just doesn't fit some people you can see, and you can see the one or two of them start behaving badly, start being uncomfortable doing that stuff. That's me. Yeah. And I also see other people stressful day, have a beard, have a beer, do whatever, you buddy, Tom. Brilliant. Watch him have a drink;
1: he's the happiest dude on earth. Oh my god! He's, he's,
2: he's, I watch him going. I'm so jealous of the fact that you can actually sit there and not destroy things. Being your size.
1: <laughs> well, you know. By the way, he adores you. Just f- he just was, he crashed at the house, and he just left this morning. But when I told him, his eyes just lit up, he's, and he was like, "He's so great. He just he's so." forthcoming he just you know he just he's such a sweet guy and well tom's a
2: really honest dude it's really weird because you wouldn't expect when you see him in smallville and you think of you know i start then i started to think of god the pressures he must have had to be that for that long in that situation so i've i've you know i'm not usually number one on a call sheet it has been a couple of times that i've been close to being but but it's not generally the vibe here and what i loved about you with with lex luther is you at least had room to play? You are not constrained by the rules of number one on the call sheet or number two on the call sheet, where you're the last person to have any information. Yeah, uh, you. <laughs> it's like really. Oh no, I'm oh, doing happened. that now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, right, but yours anything. is like ha ha. You know. You right. d- you've invented a new version of how to screw with number one. Well, uncle, you
1: were kind of like the Lex Luthor of su- Supernatural. Wasn't designed that way, but that's kind of where it ended but up. But Crowley was sort of, you know, he was middle management when he and, started. And like me, like Lex, I, you had to give all these monologues. You spoke a lot. Oh God, did you miss that?
2: Jensen once asked me. He was he was being very polite, but he asked me one day. He goes, "Okay, I got to ask you this." So Bob and I were wondering how come. When, you, when you're doing your off-camera dialogue, you're perfect. You, 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 everything's right. And then we turn around onto you. It takes you three takes or four takes to get it. And one time he asked me this and he was he had a couple of drinks, so he was nicely lubed up. And it was like at 3 in the morning or something stupid. And I said, listen, you're the lead. You're basically talking bollocks. <laughs> They give me a story that they think is funny. They give me lines that they think is incredibly funny when they've written it on paper. I now have to read that, find a way to believe it and find a way to make it actually mean something. Otherwise, I'm halfway through going, this is cack. It means nothing to me. So I said, that's the reason why I'm carrying the bloody plot or I'm carrying the, the counter plot, or I'm carrying the sea story, or I'm yeah. carrying it's, it's- For how many years? I did eight. You did eight seasons. And don't, listen, I'm telling you, I love those guys. Yeah. I love those guys with all my heart.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: We had ups and downs. I mean, the the, the, the thing at the end was the weird thing.
1: What was the weird thing Nothing, at the nothing end? to do with the
2: boys. I had nothing to do with anything else.
1: They didn't ask you to come back? Well, no, it was
2: worse than that. It was kind of tacky. It was- It was like, well, we don't think we have enough money to pick up your option next year. (laughs) Are you serious? Well, because they were working out how to do what they were going to do with a story that they needed to continue beyond, you know, into the 13th and 14th seasons and rest. And I think a particular showrunner, Remain Nameless, um, was trying to kill me for about four or five years. And it was just funny uh, because I kind of knew because I knew the rest of the writers. But I didn't care about that. Wasn't the problem I had. The point being is I went from being a guest star that refused to sign a contract for five years to now I'm three years. I mean, Warner's put me on the poster before my deal was done. They put me on the video box. They were just like, well, you can't sort of ignore (laughs) it. And then it it was like, take it or leave it. And I think it was majorly about getting the boys out on a Friday more than anything else. Which is smart. I mean, for God's sakes, they've been working for, for, you know, 10, 11, 12 years at the time. And they worked their ass off and they just moved back to Texas and all that. I mean, it's just smart stuff. And they got families and they're starting families. But I used to get away with going, no, I can't do that. I'm going to my kids' soccer game on Friday, so I won't be there. And then they were like, take it or leave it. And I was going through a divorce at the time. I was like, I could just disappear or I could just pay my bills and what I'm supposed to do and <laughs> take the job and say, thank you very much. So I was grumpy for a little bit. And they tolerated me being in a bad mood for a year or so. And then I started to make friends and things were wonderful. And then they come to the end they go like well we don't know if we we can take up your option and i was like and i said to Bob, i think it's what pissed bob off is i said if you take me off the poster i'm not coming back because i don't do windows and that was not received well
1: <laughs>
2: really you just it, said that well yeah it's exactly what i said because the truth of you the felt map, like you'd earned it well the funny thing was i mean with all due respect to my friends I am so grateful for myself and for all my friends that they yeah. had work for this amount of time it was good work and that everybody on that crew was was just fantastic they were all at my wedding for God's sake yeah you know it was it was a big deal plus the fans the fans but the fans fans are amazing yeah. that, that's 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 without saying but I was playing I played the same scene in season 12 five times over five episodes and I was like all right gigs up you know it, the gig is up and so, you know, everyone's kind of, oh, they won't get rid of you, they won't get rid of you. I'm like, I'm done. I know I'm done. You knew done. it. Yeah, I knew I was done. Transpo what came, season came was this? Me. What season was this? 12. 12. I was killed at the end of 12. And Transpo went, like, take your car home. I'm like, well, I don't have transport then. It's like, we'll do it. So I took my car home like a month and a half early, two months early. I was taken to and from set every single day. I was taken home. I was dropped at airports, brought back. It was just. I was looked after. I was sweet. It is sweet, and people don't have to do that. They and they did, and it was. And what I think what surprised everybody on set on my last scene is I'd already spent two weeks saying goodbye to everybody, and I didn't want to make a speech for the first time in my life. And I think they got a little upset that I didn't make some big speech because I'm big mouth. You didn't food, say anything. I said thank you very much and walked away. I'd spent two weeks talking to every single person. I so know, you saying, you didn't have you. to say anything. I didn't feel I had to say anything, but I think it got
1: a bit weird. And then I don't know. I just, do, you, do you get invited to the supernatural conventions i don't No, you don't no
2: I, I, I did 17 and then it was really weird for my friends it was weird for my friends what do you mean okay so ruth plays my mother wonderful lovely actress beautiful human being worked her butt off on the show it should have been my uh ex-wife it would have been even better right. it would have been fantastic she'd have played my ex-wife in the show, it would have been just something else. Right. But, okay, she's my mom. doesn't really make sense in the canon. She's my mom. But it, we made it work. And, if, and she's just brilliant. She's just wonderful to work with. And really, do I want to go to a convention where every single question she gets is, when's Mark Shepard coming back?
1: Because yeah. that's what happened for a year. Yeah.
2: That's not cool. they got work to do. they got things to do. They deserve better than that. Right. So I opted out of those at first. It was very uncomfortable for a bit. And then I opted out of it. After I'd done my 2017 stuff, and I went on tour with Robin, Robin didn't Hitchcock, act, and I, I didn't act for a year or so. I was miserable. It was like everybody was having a party and I wasn't invited. I'm not talking about the convention. I'm talking about just generally the right. And that's not nobody's fault. And I genuinely, with my whole heart, have never begrudged them a moment, a minute. Right. Do you and talk I, to them still? Yeah, I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody. Yeah, I talk to Jared on occasion. It's, uh, people come to the house. I see Kim all the time. Kim's daughter swims with my son. Kim Coates. Yeah, I love Kim. Um, just did Rob Rich's podcast after a, a period of time, which was fun to do. I want to interview
1: them just to annoy him. Uh, Richard Spate. I love and Spate. I love him. And That's I had them on the podcast and, and Rob Benedict.
2: Yeah, they're fantastic Great. people. And you know, I've played with them. But like in any real family, you have ups and downs and dynamics. And the smart, Absolutely. Thing, and the smart thing for me to do was to back away because they were on an ongoing position and they were still pushing and they managed to go to 15 years and it wasn't for me to be you know the thorn in the side did
1: you ever lose your temper and yell on set you're
2: like this is fucking shit no i don't think so never oh i have lost my temper about a couple of things but it but
1: i did it but never on set
2: no it's not i don't think it's my thing i mean the trouble is though with my face and my tone people think i'm annoyed when i'm
1: (laughs) people think you're just not happy
2: yeah and i'm I'm mark are you okay so yes. there was a director that i really hated oh i bet i worked with him yeah he did um and <laughs> he was dancing around this idea of doing this particular stunt but he hadn't told anybody and then suddenly he takes me aside and so apparently pellegrino was supposed to stick a uh one of our um demon artifacts you know the pointy thing that yeah, you yeah. kill people with yeah what are those called ryan Blades. Demon, blades. <laughs> Demon blades. blades. Richard blades. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Dashing blades. But, I mean, I've, God, I've dropped more of those out of my sleeves than anything you can imagine. So he literally had the, the Kung Fu dummy, you know, the Bob Kung Fu dummy in front of him, and this contraption, and supposedly he was going to stick this thing up my nose, which had a breakaway tip, and squirt blood in my nose. And it was going to be Pellegrino that did it. And I'm like, that's not going up my nose. Isn't the, you're not sticking a, a solid piece of metal up my nose to do a gag from chinatown which is what it is um I'm like, oh god sakes so i actually called jim jim michaels down I've never done that before I who's jim, jim michaels it was the producer the de facto line producer producer and i'm like am i in trouble because i'm not doing this he goes no So two weeks we've been arguing about this crap don't worry about it and then Mark Milosh, the wonderful um uh, visual effects guy came down and goes i can do a green screen just use the rubber one I knew you were going to say that. Thank you so much. But it, it got caustic. You know, there's moments, there's ups and downs. But it's easy to get. But the behavior on that set was exemplary. Nobody would tolerate. Jared and Jensen wouldn't tolerate somebody losing their temper. It's just right. not okay. You don't throw things. And everybody knows it. He did that. The crew would go, ooh, what's wrong with you? You know, you don't.
1: These but the, but weird the, weird. it's hard. People say you got to separate business from, you know and it's sometimes hard because you know i i dealt with it with uh, you know warner brothers and going through negotiations and they just they know how to really cripple you they know how to make <laughs> you mentally just never did it to me because i'm not that important well they they had a way but it's it's amazing how it could change your spirits because i was always doing stand-up comedy on set and everybody's like laughing and i'm like farting and doing christopher walken and and action and i'm yep. like luther and then all of a sudden you're f- worthless you're not important to us how you're not many, without how many saying it do you get why don't i get a bump this year it what? just well it was it was a lot but it was also one day one of the uh the, my friend greg beeman who's one of my favorite directors and producers he came up to me and we've done some projects together he said hey i know what's going on but they've got nothing to do with it the studio doesn't give a shit how you feel they don't know you're you know, on set but i could see your disposition your you don't let that affect yeah, you yeah no i continue get it. to have fun. and and i it was an awakening for me oh but it's still it was it was I,
2: was I was going through a divorce and on different and on different occasions both jared jansen and misha had gone you're right and literally made sure i was okay or somebody said something that had happened which hadn't happened and one of those things and it's like you know one of them takes me out of dinner and He's like oh, is this going on are you? Okay, so you and had people who cared about you always, and that's the thing. And it was it was a big boys club. I mean, they, we played hard. I mean, watch any of the Nerd HQ videos, <laughs> and that's like right. we've done a year's worth of publicity in two days. Yeah, Misha and I get to do one day of stuff, and they have to only have to come in on the second day and do it. But we are like running out of things to do after year seven.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's what can we do? But right. we're the
2: custodians of of. of these are the plot points. These are the changes. This is what's going on. Don't talk about this. Do talk about that. And it was wonderful. And I, I, I don't, I don't regret a second of doing it. I don't. I miss the camaraderie of the time around season eight when we were all in the in the, you know, the season eight is the end where um, I'm tied to a chair in a church and Jared and myself and, you know, it was three days, three days on stage, in sequence. I'm crying, quoting girls, HBO's Girls. It's nuts. I'm singing Bowie. It's, it, I'm being injected with human blood and falling apart. And he's falling apart. And Jensen did six hours of off-camera dialogue one day. I mean, if you're talking about class, what was the amazing thing? Crew never made a sound for three days in between the, in between the shots. Wow. Didn't make a sound. Wanted us to be able to do the best we could do. That's awesome. We had support everywhere.
1: Yeah. We had support everywhere i mean that's 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 a big part of it i can't
2: i can't talk i can't talk more highly about the boys behavior
1: yeah especially
2: towards those that weren't very good necessarily when they came they were they would be even more generous unbelievable it was always that's the way they come from good families good leaders no they have great families yeah and that you can tell you meet if you ever met either jensen or jerry's family i just
1: you can tell he's raised They're well. They're good just good people, you know, man. They're just good people. Until and and Jared fun. has a few beers and then you're, you're in Jared's, trouble. Jared's easy. I love Jared. I love you, buddy. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synalytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried Qualia and the rest is history.
0: As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling.
1: for up to $100 off, and use code INSIDE at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra
0: 15% off your purchase.
1: Hey, <laughs> what about working with, um, I know you worked on Firefly and Badger with Joss Whedon. Uh-huh. What was, I mean, now that all this shit came out, do you remember anything that you kind of saw as, you know rubbed you the wrong way, and you're like, oh, you know, in hindsight, that was, or did you never see anything like that? Was he a joy I to work you, I, with? I did, I did Firefly and I did Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Right. So
2: here's the thing with Joss. I'm not one of Joss's guys. I wasn't in Buffy. I wasn't in Angel. I wasn't in any of that stuff. I'm not one of Joss's guys. Go-tos. I'm not any of those things. Right. But the role he wrote in Firefly, Firefly he wrote for himself. And I, uh, Adam Baldwin is a, is a buddy of mine. And he said uh, about halfway through the 12 hours of shooting the scene, he goes like you know he wrote it for himself i'm like oh okay fine he's extraordinarily smart ridiculously smart in the same vein
1: intimidating
2: i don't think so i don't but i've, I've never had an issue i don't i'm don't, I, don't, I don't i'm not that guy i i don't think if you hire me to do a job i'm supposed to be the most interesting 51020 30 40 minutes or whatever that job is that's my position right that's, that's to do with my ego that's to do with i'm not very good at standing in the back and holding a book or, or doing. it's not my thing so if you hire me i'm the object of attention and i'm going to take the air and, right. but, I'm, but i'm not i'm not ungenerous i'm not i'm not dismissive yeah but you know the, we did the end of season did the end of season nine where where jensen's in the bed in supernatural right And he opens his eyes and they're they're black demon. Everybody goes nuts and got Warner Brothers to find all the reaction videos for it and put on the DVD because it was so much fun. And Tom Wright was the director, remember Tom Wright? Mm. He painted all the pictures in Night Gallery. Oh, wow. Wonderfully grumpy older gentleman who is just brilliant. And he did Baby, he did the episode Baby that everybody loves. He's done some amazing stuff. He was just funny and brilliant. And and he worked for Hitchcock as a storyboard artist. I mean, he's that sort of pedigree. And he's just a fantastic human being and fun to play with. And this scene is here, and it's me talking for whatever it is 27,000 minutes, giving a speech and making him open his eyes. And I said, What do you want me to do? And Tom goes, Well, I see the opening shot as you in silhouette in the doorway. Rest is up to you. Have fun. I then spend five minutes trying to find a place I want to be. And then go, "Mm." And then suddenly I find this armchair, and I go, my God, this speech is all about truth. It is his Abraham Lincoln. I'm literally thinking of the Lincoln Memorial, <laughs> going, yeah. "Oh my God, I've got two arms. Oh, this is weird." No, I won't be on the couch. I'll be over. Here. He let me play for five minutes. He works out how to shoot it. That's not because I'm, you know, I, I get to be in charge, right? But he's like, "Here's your parameters. Go have fun."
1: That's what we always want to hear. As an I'm actor. not the guy
2: in his. Some league. people
1: that frighten. Have you people. had line,
2: Have you ever had line readings from a, from a director?
1: Sometimes uh, they couldn't articulate what the fuck they wanted, and it was terrible direction. So I said, hey, tell me exactly how you want me to say the fucking line. And I would, I would uh, great. And I'd just go, boom, boom, twice the way they said it, oh. just to move on. Oh, I don't care. I'm like, let's go. Well, yeah, what is, just give me a line
2: reading. I was dying in 24. And the director of the episode, another one of two. We'll ra- get back to Joss Whedon. Yeah, but there's nothing to say about. That, Joss, all right, fine. Because I mean, like, so I get a phone call. that like, Joss wants you to be in Dollhouse. I'm like, okay, can I see it? Again, it says Tanaka. I'm like, well, obviously, wasn't the first choice for this, was I? <laughs> <laughs> so I show up at Fox, and I go, and he meets me at the gate, and he's like, hey, so you know, we're doing this. I said, I'm keeping the name because I knew you were going to say that. And so I was like, he said. Uh, yeah, yeah, Maybe your stepdad was Japanese or something. I said, "Oh, I married a Japanese guy." He goes, "This is Fox. You can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was always incredibly respectful. I mean, it right. was, it was, was. So you never
1: saw that part. He wrote
2: nice things about me to other people that wrote with me, and they passed it on. Right. But he, the only thing he was asked to do, Battlestar, back in the day, do an episode yeah. of Battlestar, which this, you did, and he said you did the reboot. The the proper battle style yeah the one we got emmys for <laughs> right than, right 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 other than costume um <laughs> so he was going to do one of the finale-ish episodes somewhere in that last group you know and i think i can't swear to it but i was thinking he actually asked do i have to know the ending to do this episode and i think ron said yes he goes i don't want to do it i genuinely don't want to do it it would spoil i arrived at die House. he's like if you tell me the end of battle i'll kill you i'm like am i going to tell you the best kept secret for six months wow it was brilliant nobody wanted to know nobody wanted to know it was like do you know i've never seen a series you'd love it it's west wing in space it's west wing in space it's i not, saw the pilot and i was oh, blown the, away the, the pilot, pilot is, blown is away. Well, the, well, the mini series is the the opener yeah and then That's, episode one is uh about the sensory deprivation
1: all right i'm gonna watch don't say anything i
2: think it's brilliant but it's serialized you cannot jump into it it's just Right. It's like cliffhangers. and
1: Right, right, right. And What what were you going to say about 24? Because I want to know what it was like. Because Kiefer was on the podcast. I want to know kind of like your experience. Kiefer and I go, great. Kiefer knows I'm sober and never has
2: ever spent a minute. I mean, I keep hearing all these things that people say about him. And I've never encountered that. What he has, and I I can't really speak for him, but I can say what happened around, is he doesn't like it when people behave unprofessionally. And there's plenty of actors that are like that. It's like, please be quiet. We're trying to work here. Trish and Bale. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. (laughs) You just don't want to do it when your mic's on. Right.
1: Or go as extreme, perhaps. (laughs) Well, he's so far down in the hole in what he's doing. I mean, it's. it's, I've been. We've all been there where I've been like this. I've been, but it's more of a. It's you're upset, but you know, like. So it's like, Al, for the fuck of fucks.
2: What are you doing? My, you know, banging nails and doing But
1: Good my, Lord, son. And mean, then you laugh it off and you go on. But he just went mental, you know.
2: Wait, it, it's just we always get the tip of the iceberg. You know, not to be crude, but you fuck one goat, you know. Now now you're the goat fucker. Well. It doesn't matter what eh, else you've done in your life. But you've you Well, fuck you kill
1: goat. one person, you're
2: a murderer. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> kind of different, you know. <laughs> I suppose if the goat died, there would be a worse. Yeah, 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 well, well. But the, the truth of it is, is, is the intensity, the intensity in performance, the intensity, and in we never have enough time in television and the, the, and the belief, for, you know, you come in as a guest star, you're in a very, very different position than you are somebody who has to work 16 hours a day, five days a week. For X amount of years. Sure, you're getting the money, but you have to go to your trailer and do all your business, all your home stuff. And, and no it, life. You've got no other life. Right, in right, there, right, right. You know, and so I think producers were very clever with, with Jared and Jensen and, and Misha, at least giving them the option of some spots here and there. So my character was written up, I think, to just give some relief. Yes,
1: yes. From that. Could you do it right now? Could you do if somebody offered you a lead role in a TV series, yes. a one hour drama? I'd do it in a minute and a half. You could half. do it. Yeah, I'd love it. Physically to. and mentally, you think you could handle those hours, well, those being the lead. I'm never happier.
2: Never happier. And the weird thing is, is I'm getting a bit
1: older. How old are you? 58. Coming are up. you 58? Yeah. So as I'm getting a bit older. You don't like 58. Thank I'm 50 you. in July. You're a baby, though. No, that's not a baby. I'm half a fucking It's century. all that hockey. That's the problem. Yeah, probably. But uh,
2: <laughs> no, at a 58 years old, I love doing the telling of stories. doesn't matter if it's music, you've got, your, you've got your bands, you've got great stuff going on. I've watched your progression through the different versions of the bands and playing, and you, you love it. I just then, enjoy it. Yeah, but you know, you don't enjoy it, you love it. Love if you enjoyed it, it you know, you, you do it
1: occasionally, but you yeah. love it and you pursue it. In a way where I'm not going to be upset by the outcome of what happens, I know that I'm doing it yeah, out of passion. You don't have to happens. sleep in a bus. You exactly. Could, you could exactly. go stay in not four doing seasons it a if limit. you want to. Right. right exactly. Um,
2: but the truth is, to get a chance to act is a is a is an extraordinary thing. You know, um, to be paid to do something that you love to do is a privilege beyond all other privileges.
1: But let me ask you, do you, are you an actor? Cause I know some actors. I am an actor, yes. <laughs> do you know? Cause I know actors that are just like, I, I want to work to work. I just want to work to work. I don't care what it is. I want to work. Do you or- can't do it. I'm not that- I, we, You have to love it or you have to be passionate about it or you have to see something that you could do with it, right? Well, on, on
2: the premise that every every time an actor gets a job, another actor dies a little. <laughs> um, yeah, good, good man. We're, we, it brings us all up. Yeah, well done. It's yeah. like, no, we don't feel that. It's like, damn. But I'm not, I don't know why I'm not, I've never been good at, Commercials. I've never been good at soaps. I've never been good at any of those things. It's not that never I, assuming, I never did a soap and then never did a commercial. Jensen's like, my God, that boy did like 68 pages because he wanted to go away for five days or something one day. I'm like, you did 68 pages of soap dialogue in a day.
1: I, I don't know how he did that. He's amazing. I don't I mean, know how he did that. He
2: commits. But it's about committing to it and the words are rubbish. To me, the words are everything. And I have to find it takes me a minute. I have to find some truth in something a truth not the truth but a truth to connect with otherwise why am i saying it or what i I don't i don't i feel so self-conscious when something isn't in a reality that makes some sort of sense to me. It can take me by surprise. I don't need to control it. I don't need to direct it or, or make it be something. I'll find it sometimes to be something really funny when it wasn't supposed to be. But the truth of the matter is I own it. And if I, unless right. I own it, I can't. And that cuts me out of about 60% of the work that's come across my, you know, and there's roles that came up. They're huge stuff for me. It would have been groundbreaking changes in, in my what's this?
1: What's this Doom Patrol? Doom Patrol is amazing. God damn. So what is doom true. patrol i haven't seen doom patrol do you know anything about it no so i don't want you to give it away but how do you how would you describe it it's a
2: 1960s comic it was a 1960s comic that got redone by grant morrison you know the guy did happy mm-hmm. and that's that right grant wonderful scottish comic book graphic novel TV shows, rights, 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 right writes, Sort of sort of another Irvine Welsh, another he's, he's, another Neil Gaiman in a way, but but maybe less prolific, but just as interesting. And he was very much the antidote to to Alan Moore, whether he likes it or not. They were very contrary. You know, there's a, you know, Watchmen and, and his stuff was very different. And he read it in the 80s on Vertigo Comics. And Doom Patrol was actually the original prototype, I think, that X-Men stole from. Really? There's a chief in a wheelchair. There's, you know, Elastic Woman. And and you're a regular. Uh, I'm bizarre. I'm doing my usual. I'm not going to. I don't
1: even want to know. Mark Shepard. But
2: you do a lot of episodes. I'm playing Constantine. Wow. But he's not called Constantine because Grant wasn't allowed to put Constantine in Vertigo comics in the 80s. <laughs> so he was watching with Nail and I. Of course. Which you love. Wow. And so he drew it as Richard E. Grant. So I, I got hold of Grant and I was like, a buddy of mine was doing um, Green Lantern with him my buddy, Liam Sharp, the artist, mm. who's doing Green Lantern with the one they just done that's just brilliant. Everybody goes, oh great, right, we right. can make a film now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got oh, Grant and I said, like, so it's, it's, uh, it's Richard E. Grant in, in With Now. He like, yep. I'm like, okay. I said, with all the love in my heart, I don't think I can play it quite that feat. I think it'd probably be, be a bit more like a drunk, Mad-Eye Moody he's like, it sounds good to me. And he's not actually a producer on the show, but he's-, he's,
1: he's So that's kind of your character.
2: It's Constantine. It's Constantine. And, how, and Constantine, some, where, sure where do we how find all, it? Where do we find this? Well, the show was put out on DC as a- And they tried to pre-tease it by doing it with Teen Titans. And they put Cyborg into it. Javan Wade is wonderful. And they put him across. And they tried to do it that way, the typical DC way of doing it. And nobody watched it. Hmm. And they did this first season. So you've got Timothy Dalton. Matt Bomer in Bandages. Mark Shepard. No, Matt No, Matt Bomer. Uh, Brendan Fraser. Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black and Encanto and a lot of other things. April Bowlby, Two and a Half Men. Remember Candace? Yep. Candy in Two and a Half So men. good cast. No, and then the bad guys, Tudyk, playing this- Alan Tudyk. Playing this diminutive Mr. Nobody, which is really wonderful performance by him. Javan way playing cyborg and who's running it jeremy carver who ran the interesting parts of 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 supernatural the 8 through 10
1: 11
2: era and it was like oh my god and i'll just tell you this entire town disappears up the ass of a donkey in the second episode
1: have you seen it
0: uh i started it i hadn't
1: finished it yet (sighs)
2: so HBO bought it. They went, what the hell? This is genius. Really? So it's not Supergirl and it's not the boys. It's something else. It's about mental health.
1: Cool. And it is
2: truly disturbing and beautiful and funny and begs the question, which is why things have changed. Why isn't Brendan Fraser in everything?
1: Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> because there's a resurgence he's so now. There's a resurgence. Well, as a
2: result of doom. He's like, he's, he's, he's this beautiful heart yeah. in this. I love this show. I truly love this show. And it is, we've done three seasons. Three seasons? It's going into the fourth season. Wow. And I'm a, a recurring character that you can't kill. So, Yes. Do you, a, do you have a deep voice like that? I have my voice.
1: What's a deep voice? I
2: actually got to say the C word in my first line. Cunt. I literally had to email Jeremy and go, I, I'm saying I avoided the C word for 35 years. <laughs> At this point, for 40 years. And he said, Oh, let me have a look. Oh, yeah, it's still in the script. <laughs> so this is says humor, I guess. I'm like, Okay. It was the weirdest thing to do. Wasn't exciting, though? No. You know that Americans
1: can't say it. Right? I know. Everyone in England can say it or Europe. No, no, up. no.
2: Can't say it. Literally cannot say it because they get guilty the moment it slips out of their can't,
1: mouth. Uh, you saw it, me say it a yeah, few but, seconds ago. Yeah, There's but no you, you look
2: slightly uncomfortable.
1: Was I uncomfortable? You? Slightly.
2: Because there's a knowledge that it's a bad word. In England, it's a
1: different thing. Let me hear it, Ryan. Say it.
0: That's going to sound weird. Say it. Cunt. It's Yeah, awful. that
1: was... Ugh. He's a cunt. But everybody... It sounds yeah. better when you say it.
2: Yeah, but I mean... He's, tro- a c- he's a cunt. Yeah, but I don't sound...
1: No, I don't sound like Dick Wayne, he's, a, he's
2: a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real cunt. Well, last... Well, two years ago, cunty, cuntish, and cunting made it into the Oxford English Dictionary.
1: Mm. Your cunting daughter... Do you know what she did? That's from The Exorcist. He goes, "Your cunting daughter." Yes, that's that's very old language. But it's a little. <laughs> that was a little cunty. That
2: was a little. <laughs> yes. It was a bit of It's canty. a weird word because it, it polarizes so many people. Yeah. And the reason why I don't use it is because it's used appallingly. Right. It's used
1: in an atrocious manner, and Should, now yes. it has
2: taken on a meaning other than the vernacular that it
1: was. Should we bleep it for this episode every time we say it?
2: No. I mean, I'm not don't a believer in censorship, but do I, you know, am I going to have to have a, a conversation about how it, uh, how, how <laughs> this affects women or what it's, 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 sh, it should never have been. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a believer in the banning of language. Right. It's intent. That's important. Intent is everything.
1: Yeah. You
2: should be able to say what you want. I mean, we, you know, language is there for that reason,
1: but it does kind of put you in a corner if you say certain things. Sure. Hey, this is called Shit Talking with Mark Shepard. You've played it before. <laughs> these are rapid fire from fans, my patrons who give back to the podcast. Join patreon.com slash inside of you and uh, message me and I will message you back. But these are questions that they have for you, the patrons. That's a sunspin. That's my band's coaster. You like that? Real slate. Real right. slate. How much are you selling those for? Mm, not much. Eight bucks. That's pretty good. You can put cheese on it. too. You can put cheese on there and cut it. Yeah, Cut the cheese. Leanne, I have been hearing some rumblings of a possible Firefly reboot. Do you foresee that happening? I'm 58 years old. (laughs) What does that mean? Like, yeah, if they
2: do it, they're certainly not going to use me in it. Why not? Because I'm 58 years old. You don't look 58. What are we going to have? We're going to have Firefly, the retirement years? I mean, what's going on here? Well, how old was your character? When they reboot anything, they reboot. He was young. I did. God, how many years ago did we do that? 15, 20 years ago? 15 years ago, probably. But would you do it if they asked you? I'd do anything if they asked me to do it. If it's something that's something I love.
1: Yeah. I want to do this, by the way. I want to go to this place. But Lisa H says, I just want to say I met you last July at Mad Monster in Arizona, and you were a delight. Your panel was phenomenal, and I absolutely loved how you called out the tiring, same old questions. Oh, I just I have this nonstop thing of
2: kind of like, That's a terrible question why ask, you know, you know what it is? You get bored. If you're sitting on a stage and you have somebody asking questions like, like we could do this. And then we put an audience in front. What are we giving them? Nothing. You and I would know that like, you know, Nerd HQ, you play with them. That's the fun. The fun is that you involve and play. So I'm, I'm doing the Morton Downey Jr. meets Phil Donahue, grab a microphone and go walk in. That's what I do. Yeah. I go high five babies. You
1: have fun. Go
2: see people dressed as. You enjoy
1: it because you want them to enjoy it.
2: Castiel are an open season target for me and misha played castiel yes yeah, right? so, so i'm like what did you come as and you get these wonderful girls will go like castiel and i like, never heard of her
1: <laughs> you just fuck with people no
2: it's it's an it's a sort of unwritten agreed rule that they're important to me they're not strangers they're important to me we're all in this together Let's entertain the people sitting at the back. Let's entertain everybody. Let's do something that's fun. Yeah. And somebody gets on a the microphone. They're nervous. I'll go over and and go like, "Okay, what's, what's going on? What do you really want to know?"
1: I notice that when I'm signing autographs at conventions, I'll look over when I see you, and you take your time with every person. Like it's unbelievable. Like you really. Do you know how much courage it takes to dress up,
2: go to a convention, and tell the entire world in front of you? what you like, what your favorite thing is. And That's then meet do. somebody who you've never met before and you have an opinion about or an idea about. <laughs> yes. And you go up and you've been practicing saying something for an amount of time. And say you suffer from anxiety or depression or any of the things which the themes of Supernatural tend to support a lot of these communities because it's about family and fighting and not giving up and all these things in a sense of community, which is important. But then they come up and they practice something for, for three months, and they say something. And it's a non sequitur because it, I say something first by accident, like "Oh, nice hat," and they're like, "You're a big twat." I'm like, "Oh fuck, that was a line from something." <laughs> That's that something they're just you've trying said. to do a right, line. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, I got it. My job is to is to welcome and. and yeah. Care.
1: Do you remember what I did? I threw something at you playfully but I didn't know you were talking to somebody who was oh, talking to you about something that it was like happened. really heavy it was like somebody's father or just mother died. just died and I'm just trying to get his attention but I don't hear this and I, I flick a rubber band paper wad at him and it like goes and he just turns his head and you kind of just looked at me like look of death not now yeah no because, I, because <laughs> yeah, yeah we that, weren't being a dick you were no like, not, no no go, you can do whatever the, we do whatever the hell we want <laughs> I was just gonna go God if you hit that person with
2: that it's gonna be the worst day of their life yeah Michael Rosamond, who me in your face you know after i said my oh, mother died. no and i mean so it's like, like you never know where people are at
1: no you and never and if know if they're
2: willing to share with you where they're at then it's a lovely thing
1: dana asks what was the worst job that you have ever had as a job job could be anything what was the worst job that you go oh that sucked
2: built design and maintained video duplication systems in the valley <laughs> when i first got sober
1: <laughs> that's a little tongue twister right there uh
2: i've been a motorcycle courier pretty weird in london um i haven't had a lot of jobs i ran a bar in hollywood for a long time really what was it called the powerhouse the powerhouse gary twin was the was the main guy and i was the other guy and that was kind of way out of my league drunk dry and sober i ran that place and i had to stop i was like i can't be here why am i here no why am i here (laughs) somebody pulled a gun on me one day somebody's like
1: it was crazy town it really was crazy maya p what do you miss most and least about being a touring musician Energy of crowd. Mm. Instant gratification. Instant response. Organic. They breathe, we breathe. A bowl, F. A bowl. It's a bowl. If I messed it up again, a bowl, you can kick my ass. Hello again, Mr. Shepherd. You did me a solid by doing a video for my wife, the Just Because I Love Her video. My question is, what's a guilty pleasure of yours, i.e. a song, wardrobe, or movie? Guilty pleasure top gear what's top gear
2: british tv motoring shows was on for years jeremy clarkson you loved it i still love it i was just watching it again recently there's so many guilty pleasures yeah you know what boys are back in town live from from uh live and dangerous Then lizzie that's a guilty pleasure
1: will f leverage reboot do you see yourself headed to nola um i wasn't invited for the first year I love those guys they're really
2: really good and I, I Dean Devlin is the last independent television studio here yeah right and I love him and John Rogers who was part of the creation of Amy Berg who created my character in that some really great writers and great people Aldous Hodge for God's sake he's a wonderful wonderful actor and Christian Kane, who we've intersected off and on oh, over yeah. many many years great. and lovely cook too. he's a great great chef really good chef nice But he's just a sweet guy. And I was there to be one thing. And then they did the Amazon thing and they sort of went, well, I don't think he fits in what we're doing. So I took a bit of umbrage with that. Mm. But you never know. They've been picked up for another one. So. Right. Maybe. Go ahead. Dean gets just blasted all day with, what about Mark Shepard? When Sterling coming back? Does he? God, Stephen Moffat said to me, He said, would you please tell your fans that I don't cast things the way that they think I do? I write what I write, and then when I've written it, I work out who I want to play it. Right. So, why is 50,000 people saying you need Mark Shepard in Sherlock or you need Mark? It's like they don't understand. A lot of those writers don't understand that a yeah. barrage.
1: Then you do Doctor Who too. Mm-hmm. How many
2: episodes? I did uh, two episodes at the beginning of season six. Do you
1: still get week. people coming up to you for Doctor Who? It's wonderful. It was in
2: Nixon's White House during the uh, space race. Really? Oh, God, yeah. And I'm playing a. Uh, a former FBI agent.
1: Do you know I've never seen Doctor Who?
2: It's fantastic. I'll I'll tell you where to start to what. I mean. You're going to Which
1: doctor do I start with? Now,
2: well, the thing is, what you grew up with is your doctor, right? But me personally, it's not a bad place to start. It's not to go into Monster of the Week stuff, but, but there is a really interesting arc that starts at Fish Fingers and Custard. You can do this for him. With Matt Smith, starts at Fish Fingers and Custard, goes through Pandorica, through Christmas into the stuff I did in season six, which is written by Neil Gaiman, written by Mark Gatiss, written by some of the best people. So
1: So you watched a lot of episodes?
2: No more than anything else. I mean, I watched Doctor Who as a kid. So Uh. they, they they, they came to me. If it wasn't for Jim Michaels at Supernatural, I wouldn't have been able to do it. They flipped a schedule around in England so I could do it. They offered it to me and I was like, of course. And they said, when you're coming over to do the prosthetics, as the older me. That'll make sense to you when you see it. Um, and I said, why don't you just ask my dad?
1: <laughs> That's right. So he goes,
2: so like, would he do it? I said, of course he'd do it. So I called my dad. And I go like, you're doing Doctor Who? And he's like, didn't even ask him. He just said, you're doing Doctor Who? He goes, is it all cardboard and bits of string like it used to be you know, for sets? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's fabulous. And I sent him the same stuff that I'm telling you about. And he, and he watched Matt Smith. He was go, This boy is incredible, beautiful actor. And he suddenly got that thing of, it, of why it's so precious to so many people. Wow. So he, he watched,
1: played you older?
2: He played the older me. What a genius thing. And he had to do it in Utah. So he had to get dispensation from SAG to do it as non union. Oh my God. Just California. Morgan here. <laughs> I've got to do this thing, but it's non union. So you want a waiver? I don't know, do I want it, to... Morgan, you want right a on? waiver, you want to, oh, okay, fine, then I want a waiver.
1: <laughs> do you Do you still get uh, anxiety, like crippling anxiety, or do you know how to deal with it, and what do you do for the anxiety when That's you get it? That's what it's it? about. I've got
2: kids. I've got kids. I've got 22, 16, with type 1 diabetes, and five, nearly six, six in a few days. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm wired badly for that stuff. I get to panic. I got to support them. I've got to do this. I got to do that. What if this? What if that? What if this? I drive myself up, up the wall, you know. Luckily, they've all got good therapists.
1: <laughs> do they have
2: therapists?
1: Your kids have therapists.
2: Yeah, I think everybody should be in therapy. That's good. I got a 22 year old who's smarter than I was at, at 30. I got a 16 year old who, who's smarter than all of us. I got a five, six, almost six-year-old daughter, who's just fantastic.
1: The five or six-year-old daughter goes to therapy. No, no. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that'd oh be kids, interesting. My boys, my boys are, um,
2: yeah, they have their own thing. You know what, though, in this world, we didn't have that shit growing up that they've got now. No. Think of the idea of dating at, at sixteen or twenty years old. It's it's like got to have consent forms and go take a trip to the i take a trip to the doctor before you go out on a date. <laughs> it's craziness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything's on video, all the mess ups and the stupid crap I did as a kid. If we'd have had camera phones, You'd I don't be... know if I'd have made it to 20.
1: Yeah. I think that goes for everybody. Yeah, But it's
2: like, so it's so harsh out there. It is. And they're smart kids, you know?
1: Yeah. I love having you on. I love being You know, there. it's great because you just, you're one of those guests that you can get deep, but you also tell good stories and it's easy to talk to you and I don't have to sit there and pr- I just sit back and enjoy. Yeah, well, don't you feel like that? It's just like all of a sudden I'm in Ireland. I'm in <laughs> Belfast. No. Now I'm on the fucking, sit- now I just picture your dad and he's going to Utah to film this and I can, but, it's just very visual. But the, so. the
2: truth of this is when we discover, when we go do conventions or we go, that's where we usually will see each other and stuff, you know, if mm-hmm. we're about, out and about. And it's post show. We're doing other things, but it's post the show that people are seeing us for so our conversations are not about the show we're on we're all in the same boat we're all part of that same thing right and we're just trying to get a break and trying to be kind and nice to the people who've come to see us and try to elevate their day and elevate their weekend and get through and then go home to our to our families and and get on with the rest of our lives having having had a good weekend but we're all in the same boat there are so many of us who are in the same boat of a certain era and group and at any one given moment any one of us could be you know the next timothy dalton well not tim tim special <laughs> not tim i got a eight foot poster of tim in my dining room <laughs> do you really from an italian he's, he's in a gladiator <sighs> timothy no, he's, dalton he's in a centurion's you, uniform
1: you know who from, timothy dalton is yeah james bond okay yeah. yes of course you know that
2: Yeah.
1: yeah Another who's your james? favorite james bond He's actually the
2: second most popular James Bond in England. You know
1: who my first, my favorite is? Sean. No. Oh, God, what's wrong with you? Roger Moore. No. That's who I grew up with. No. I love Roger Moore no. more in Jaws. and in uh, The guy who played Jaws, uh, Richard Keel. Mm-hmm. Richard Keel's in I it? love Richard Keel. I met him, yeah. Richard Keel in, in uh, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. The book. Don't get in the ship. It's a cookbook. <laughs> How to cook man or whatever. <laughs> To, serve, to man, serve man. To, to, serve, to man, yeah. serve man. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Will you come back again? Anytime. We have to, we'll have to pick a different subject. Maybe I'll interview you next time. You know, that's possible. Has anyone
2: interviewed you yet?
1: My brother did a long time ago, but you know, you know who wants to do it is Zach Levi. He wants to interview me. Zach would be really good at that. I actually would. I think that would be brilliant. Oh, my God.
2: He'd go right after me, too, wouldn't he? He'd just be quick. <laughs> we, we'd just disintegrate into long stories. But he'd
1: well, which just fine no no but he'd
2: be quick he's such a smart boy he is, he is. such a smart he's boy. a good
1: guy too. i love
2: him i think he's a truly truly special person yeah i think so too
1: he's a wonderful guy and so is
2: tom and tom's part of, it's the same thing man it doesn't matter who's whose turn it is in the barrel right now you know and sometimes we gotta wait a little longer than everybody else but we're all happy when we're all okay does that make sense yeah. Yep. We are all happy. Yeah. When the next thing, it's like, yeah, okay, that's good. I'm happy.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: You know? And that's the big, I think that's the biggest deal for any of us is that this is a tough job made tougher by circumstance right now. Mm-hmm. And we just grind our way through. And if you're lucky, you end up like Tommy Lee Jones.
1: Yeah, exactly. And try to avoid the word <laughs> or hackman. You know what I like about Mark? What do you like about Mark? He can talk. He sure can. And that's saying it in a good way. It's not like I have to pry shit out of (laughs) him. Takes some pressure off of you, doesn't it? It certainly does. There's nothing worse than going, oh, so anyway. And they're like, "Uh, twice. Okay. Um, So where are you from? (laughs) Brazil. Uh, So um, did you like doing that movie? Yeah. Okay. Go fuck, girl yeah i mean geez louise thank you mark thanks for being on the podcast tell us what you think write to us we're on instagram uh twitter uh youtube watch on youtube subscribe uh subscribe everywhere it's it's really helps when you subscribe everywhere and you listen wherever you can and uh, we appreciate it we're also on the uh the patreon if you want to join patreon patreon by patrons give back they help to keep the podcast alive go to patreon.com slash inside of you um i'll also be in st louis for fan expo um may 13th weekend liverpool may 21st illinois metropolis illinois june 10th we're doing smallville nights with tom welling it's a two-man show it's going to be great um a lot of fun stuff going on and a lot of cool things to tell you here in the future if you keep listening there's some really exciting news coming up that i'll tell you about but uh, i just want to thank you for listening today's today's episode um And uh, now I'm going to read the top tiers. Do we need to do anything else?
0: No, they know where to go.
1: Well, well, tell them. <laughs> you go to
0: uh, Inside of You Pod on Twitter and Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow the damn thing. That's
1: what you can do. That's what you can do. So if you enjoyed it today, uh, I would also ask you guys, if you really love the podcast, spread the word. Force your family in a nice way to listen to the podcast, to subscribe to the podcast, to spread the word and uh because we like you we'd like to be one of your choices when it comes to podcasts uh here we go these are the top tier uh patrons nancy d Leah s sarah v little lisa yukiko jill e brian h Nico p i'm gonna keep reading and i'm gonna do and you say angry and then you or you could just say different emotions different emotions right so here i go all right i'm gonna start out with just nancy d leah s sarah v little lisa angry Yukiko, Jill E. Brian H. Sad. Nico P, Robert B, Jason W,
0: Kristen K, Allison L Rosh, C. You sound like
1: sor- sorority boys guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Dina. Hey, why do you let them treat you like this? <laughs> Elated joshua d cjp jennifer n stacy l jen s jamal f janelle b kimberly e mike e eldon supremo quizzical 99 more (laughs) santiago m chad w leon p janine r maya p like tom cruise maddie s (laughs) Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Jack Tab- Nicholson, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy D, Channel, Chad L, Rochelle, Marion, Meg K, Travel, Dan, and Big Stevie, W, Angel M, Rhiannon C. Give me another one. Buffalo Bill. Corey K, Super Sam, Deb Nixon. Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Gavinator, David C, Gary Oldman, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, The C, Joey M, Willie F, David H, Adelaide N, Omar I, I'm trying to think of one, Lena N, Design OTG, Eugene and Leah, Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Patricia, Espanol. Heather L, Jake B. No, what is that? It's like the count. Bienvenidos a los Estados Jake B, James B, Bobbit, Abel F, Joshua B. I don't know what I'm doing. Walking, Tony G, Sean R, Megan T, Mel S., Orlando C., John B., Caroline R, Darren B., Rob E., Paul C., Christine S., sarah s eric h tom welling spring <laughs> jennifer r i don't i have no idea that's a tough one to do tom welling um right. but guys uh thank you all my lovely patrons who make this possible and thank you jason nelkin my wonderful editor thanks to ryan my wonderful engineer and my cohort thanks to westwood one cumulus for supporting the podcast uh and uh Thank you from myself, Michael Rose. I'm here in the Hollywood Hills of California, and Ryan Taylor is also here in the Hollywood Hills of California. <laughs> we love you guys. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Have a great week. Thanks for choosing this podcast. Look, not every one of them is going to be a slam dunk. I thought today's was a slam dunk, but you know, stay with us. We're trying to give you good good stuff here, and we love you. And uh, keep us around. All right, we'll talk to you. Talk. We'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs>